What is up guys, it is Quinn here, and in this video I'm gonna be going through my week 14 running back start sits. I'm guessing for most of you guys, this is gonna be the uh, last regular season game before the playoffs, so maybe you guys have your spot locked up, but you know, if you are uh, competing for a playoff spot, you need to get the win here. Hopefully this video will help you out, you know, uh, kind of selecting which players to throw in there. So going through every single week 14 matchup, we do have six teams on by. So, you know, maybe we're a little more lenient on some of the fringe options or the starts. As always, if you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. I will get back to every single person. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let's just jump right into the Thursday night game where we have the Rams taking on the Raiders. And I feel like every week I'm talking about this Rams backfield and we've got something different going on. Heading into this season, everyone thought Akers was going to be the guy. They start off with Henderson. Akers is, you know, not even in the picture. Then they go with Akers. Then Akers is requesting a trade. You know, we've got all this stuff going on. Kyron Williams comes back. At some point, like Ronnie Rivers was getting snaps. And then it kind of looked like Kyron Williams was going to be the guy after uh, week 12. And then we come in here to week 13 and Cam Akers just, you know, basically takes over a massive workload in this backfield. He had a 71% snap share, a 53% route participation. That number is notable because you would think it would be Kyron Williams getting more of the uh, receiving work. It actually, you know, a lot of that went to Cam Akers. And then he had a very strong workload on the ground, 17 of the uh, 20 total running back carries. He also got into the end zone twice. He wasn't super efficient, but you know, I feel like he had a decent enough day where I wouldn't be shocked if they just come back and give him this workload once again. So I have him as a fringe option. You can never feel too comfortable with this backfield because if Kyron Williams came out and you know led the backfield in opportunities on Thursday night, I wouldn't be shocked. But you know, we kind of just got to roll with the info we have. So Akers as a fringe option, Kyron Williams as a sit. Now looking at the Raiders, we're not going to mess around with this one. Obviously, we're firing up Josh Jacobs as one of the uh, top fantasy football running backs. Now moving over to Sunday, we have a divisional matchup between the Vikings and the Lions. For the Vikings, pretty simple here. We're starting Dalvin Cook, and then we are sitting his handcuff, Alexander Madison. Now the Lions backfield is, you know, a backfield I always kind of go in depth on in these videos. And typically it's kind of, you know, a sad segment of, you know, the video because it's just talking about how DeAndre Swift has this poor role. You know, he's super limited. He's splitting touches with Justin Jackson. And, you know, week after week, I have to keep talking about that, how Jamal Williams, you know, has been the guy. And, you know, I have in my notes here, the first line, DeAndre Swift back question mark. So we saw DeAndre Swift come out here, have a 51% snap share, also a 51% route participation. That is not something he had been close to, you know, basically since like the first two games of the season. He also led the backfield with 14 carries and then was also targeted five times, which uh, was the same number as Justin Jackson. And, you know, he uh, made the most of these opportunities, 62 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, four receptions for 49 yards. And, you know, we're kind of at the point now where Jamal Williams doesn't even have the goal line work like totally on lock. He's totally mixing in. But we saw DeAndre Swift take two of the goal line snaps. Jamal Williams also took two. So now if we have DeAndre Swift in here splitting goal line opportunities, leading the team in carries, obviously we know he's a great pass catcher. That's a, a pretty good sign for DeAndre Swift moving forward here. So I feel like he has elevated himself to a starting option. Now, do I want to play him as a high-end running back two, RB1? Probably not, but, you know, slotting in here is probably like a mid-tier running back two. We'll see, you know, specifically where he falls in my rankings when I put those out on Thursday, 
but definitely trending up here for DeAndre Swift. And I actually almost ranked uh, or placed Jamal Williams as a sit. I didn't end up following through on it just because I think the bye weeks do kind of bump him up to a fringe. But I honestly feel like at this point, he's kind of a uh, low-end fringe option. We know he's been super touchdown dependent. He scored a ton of touchdowns. You know, he's gotten very fortunate where I think he's had like eight carries from the one yard line and then two more from the two. You know, just the way things have played out. Amon Ra gets tackled at the one. They throw in Jamal Williams. He gets the touchdown. And, you know, if you have a solid workload on the ground and then you have the touchdown upside, that's a role that I think is solid for fantasy. But when you have zero receiving involvement like Williams does, he hasn't been targeted in the past five games. And then you have Swift coming in now leading the team in carries. It's not a great sign because the uh, four weeks before this, he was sitting at 24, 16, 17, 18. Those were his carry numbers the past four weeks fell down to 11 this past week. So definitely not ideal here for Jamal Williams. I think he's a back-end fringe play somewhere in the running back three territory, but it definitely looks like uh, Swift is going to be the guy to play here moving forward, assuming he can hold on to that role that he kind of carved out in week 13. Now moving on to the Ravens taking on the Steelers. This Ravens backfield, it's been gross all season long. Injuries, you know, to Dobbins, to Edwards, Um, You know, it looked like Edwards was going to be the guy moving forward. Then they just go back to a full-on committee on a bad offense, sitting Drake, sitting Edwards, sitting Justice Hill, no interest in any of these guys. And then even if J.K. Dobbins makes his return this week, not someone I'm going to be playing in my lineup, like not even close. And then looking at the Steelers here, we saw Najee Harris have a pretty solid workload. It didn't necessarily translate to top fantasy production, but I think if he can keep that workload going, he's going to be in a nice, you know, probably low-end RB2 territory, maybe mid-tier RB2 in plus matchups. So I think, you know, he's a solid start this week. And then uh, sitting his handcuff, Jalen Warren. Moving into the Browns-Bengals matchup, obviously Nick Chubb. This dude's a locked and loaded RB1 every single week. I thought Kareem Hunt could have some life with uh, Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson does not uh, pick up his play, it's going to be really tough for Kareem Hunt moving forward. At this point, I don't think he's much more than a uh, Nick Chubb handcuff. On the other side with the Bengals, this is kind of interesting here because it looked like Joe Mixon was close to clearing concussion protocol. He didn't end up clearing, so Samaje Piran got the start again. Now, I'd expect Mixon to clear, but one of the things about Joe Mixon that really made him like a top fantasy asset was his great volume. You know, he had a ton of work on the ground. He was very involved as a pass catcher. The efficiency had kind of been the uh, issue with Joe Mixon. Also, the touchdowns early on in the season. But I'm a little bit concerned that if he comes back here, I'm not so sure he's going to come back to that same workload he had when he left. I'm not ready to say that like Samaje Pirine's the better running back and Mixon's going to be his backup, but Samaje Pirine has done a very strong job filling in. You know, it's not like there's been this huge drop off in play from the running back position. So I wouldn't be surprised if this goes from like an 80-20 backfield to a 70-30, a 65-35. Now, you know, I still think he's going to be playable in that type of backfield, but he may not be the top 10 running back you've kind of been expecting throughout the season. If Mixon somehow misses this game again, you know, misses another game, then I think you throw in Samaje Piran very confidently as a top 12, probably even top 10 running back this week. If Mixon's healthy, I like him as a start. 
you know, just be a little cautious of that workload moving forward. Now in a divisional matchup between the Jets and the Bills, we have two backfields that are kind of up in the air right now. So Zonovan Knight was someone that I was probably lower on than I should have been heading into week 13. I thought him and James Robinson were going to be splitting the early down work. He kind of took over that role. It'll be interesting to see what happens here with Michael Carter, if he can make his return. How does that backfield split kind of play out? We know Ty Johnson's getting the third down work. I have Zonovan Knight here listed as a fringe option. I think he's a much better play if Michael Carter misses another game because it's clear they just don't really want James Robinson very involved. If Michael Carter's fully healthy, I'd feel a lot less confident starting Zonovan Knight. But in a week, you know, where we have six teams on by, he's going to be like a low-end fringe option for me if uh, Michael Carter does play feel more confident as like a solid fringe option if uh, Michael Carter is out. Now on the other side with the Bills, we're potentially seeing a uh, backfield flip here with uh, Singletary and James Cook. So, you know, basically throughout the entire season, Singletary has had this backfield on lock. It's never felt super stable, but the snaps had been good. His usage has been good. And then we go out on Thursday Night Football. Singletary takes 33 snaps. James Cook right behind him, right on his tail with 32 snaps. We saw Cook run 16 routes to Singletary's 13. Cook actually out-carried Singletary 14 to 13. So here, you know, in a uh, pretty neutral matchup for the running backs, I think both of these guys are fringe options. I could see a world where James Cook overtakes Devin Singletary this week, expands on the workload. I could see a situation where we kind of stay with the same split we saw on Thursday night. And then I could also see a situation where maybe it was just some fluke thing. They kind of reel James Cook back. So with all that uncertainty, I think both of them are running back threes. Not super excited to throw either guy into my lineup, but you know, you have uh, multiple flexes, players on by, you know, I do think they could be playable this week. Now, moving into the uh, Texans-Cowboys matchup, I have Damian Pierce here as a start. The workload was solid this past week, didn't lead to a huge fantasy day just because he didn't get into the end zone. Obviously, this is a tough matchup here. The Texans offense as a whole is just horrible. I think he's probably going to be more of a back-end running back too, but I do think he's still startable as like a top 24 running back. On the other side with the Cowboys, Both these guys are coming off of big games, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, and they have a fantastic matchup here against the Texans. I wouldn't be surprised if we were looking at like a Tony Pollard and Zeke, both over 100 scrimmage yards, both having a touchdown, maybe even two. Like I think we could see a huge game out of these two running backs. Obviously, we know the uh, Texans are just brutal at stopping the run. Now, moving into the uh, Eagles-Giants matchup, for the Eagles here, I have Miles Sanders as a start. You know, he's not going to be super involved as a pass catcher. He has touched on upside and he has that rushing efficiency sitting his uh, handcuff, Kenneth Gainwell. And then on the other side for the Giants, not getting fancy here. Obviously, we're firing up Saquon Barkley as a start. And then uh, same thing in this next matchup, Jaguars-Titans. We're just starting up uh, ETN and Derrick Henry. Not, you know, really going to mess around with any of those guys. Then we have the Chiefs taking on the Broncos. And for Isaiah Pacheco, I think he's kind of established himself as a strong, you know, week-to-week start. He has three straight weeks of solid, uh, you know, fantasy production, four straight weeks in terms of a very solid workload. The receiving work is a little sketchy. He did catch a, uh, a couple passes this past week. Definitely not something where, you know, he's being consistently involved. So you are kind of banking on him getting into the end zone. 
I think this is a fine matchup here against the Broncos. Obviously, the Broncos defense is tough, but I think we could get into a spot where the Chiefs are just going to outscore them early on and then just kind of, you know, running out the clock with Pacheco. Would not be surprised if we were looking at like an 18 carry, you know, 90 touchdown day and then a catch here or there, maybe a touchdown thrown in there also. So I do like Pacheco here. For the Broncos, I have Latavius Murray as a fringe option. With Mike Boone back, we didn't see Latavius Murray's uh, role really change too much. Now, I do think, you know, he's always kind of going to be on edge in this backfield. Like if Mike Boone started to take more and more work, I wouldn't be super surprised. But I think at this point, he can be viewed as a uh, high-end running back three. In this uh, Panthers-Seahawks matchup, I have Deonta Foreman as a start. With uh, Sam Darnold back at the quarterback position, it seems like that was a massive upgrade for this Panthers offense. Deonta Foreman has been the running back one for six games this season, obviously after the uh, Christian McCaffrey trade. In those uh, six games, he has rushed for 113 or more yards in four out of six games. Now, those other two games, he did kind of fall flat on his face, but in decent matchups where they're not just getting blown out or, you know, totally shut down as an offense, he will give you solid production on the ground. So like I said, Darnold is an upgrade. You also look at this matchup against the Seahawks, who have allowed the fourth most points per game to the running back position. I like Deonta Foreman as a start here, sitting his backup Chuba Hubbard. And then for the Seahawks here, unfortunately, we have Kenneth Walker dealing with an ankle injury. And normally, Travis Homer would be the guy who steps in as the backup, but he was actually out for the uh, Week 13 game. So we saw a split going on between DJ Dallas and Tony Jones. I would say if Kenneth Walker is out and doesn't play in this game, it's probably a spot where I'm just going to be avoiding this backfield. I don't think they're going to take one of these players and just give them that Kenneth Walker workload. I mean, we saw it, you know, between uh, Dallas and Tony Jones. They basically split opportunities pretty evenly. So not something I'm interested in. It's pretty much going to be Kenneth Walker or bust for this backfield. Now, in probably, you know, one of the uh, more highly anticipated games, we have the Buccaneers taking on the 49ers. And I was pretty ready to uh, actually list both Rashad White and Leonard Fournette as a sit, basically like halfway through that fourth quarter of the Monday night football game. And it's not pretty. It feels like it shouldn't happen. But, you know, despite all the Buccaneer struggles, it seems like aside from Mike Evans, these guys still give you decent production. Like Chris Godwin's producing. Brady just scrapes by as like a fantasy quarterback. These running backs, they're not efficient. They're actually very inefficient, but they just catch an insane number of passes. Even with both of these guys, you know, getting involved, they're still catching a lot of passes. And I understand that this is a really, really tough matchup here against the 49ers. I do believe they've allowed the fewest points per game to the running back position. I just feel like these guys are going to put themselves in position to catch a lot of passes. I think, you know, if the Bucs are able to move the ball, then they're going to be producing. I think if the 49ers go up early, the Bucs may not be putting the ball into the end zone a ton, but I do think there could be a lot of passing volume out there for both of these guys. So I don't feel great about starting either one. I think they're both low-end fringe options. They're both going to be running back threes for me, but I got to feel a little better, you know, after watching the uh, late drive or late drives they had in that Monday night game. Still have a lot of complaints about the play calling, the uh, situational, you know, awareness, all of that stuff. It's an issue there in Tampa Bay, but for these running backs, low-end fringe options, do not love them in this matchup, but I just think they're going to be able to scrape together 10, 11, 12 PPR points for you, even without getting into the end zone. On the other side, for the 49ers, I know the Bucks are super tough against the run. 
it doesn't matter. You're firing up Christian McCaffrey. He honestly hasn't even been that great on the ground for the 49ers. It's the pass catching that has been fantastic. You bring in a rookie quarterback. I think he's going to be, you know, just a check down machine to Christian McCaffrey. And then sitting the uh, backups, Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price. Then we have the Dolphins taking on the Chargers. Another exciting game this week. And for this Dolphins backfield, I mean, it's really been a uh, roller coaster all season long. It feels like we're back to square one here. If you guys remember early on in the season, I think it was like week one, Chase Edmonds kind of established himself. He was going to be the guy. And then they end up kind of shifting to Raheem Mostert. Edmonds falls out of favor. Mostert's the guy. Then they trade Edmonds. They bring in Jeff Wilson. They have like a 50-50 split. And then Wilson takes over. Wilson's been effective. He had been a solid starter for you in your fantasy lineups. And then we go out in this game and Jeff Wilson is just a complete non-factor in that uh, Sunday game. One carry, two targets. I know they kind of went down early, so the game script wasn't great. Obviously, the 49ers very tough against the running backs, but I mean, Raheem Mostert outsnapped him. He ran more routes and he had more carries. I do think Jeff Wilson is a little bit banged up, so that could have kind of been the issue here. But I feel like, you know, we can't really know exactly how the Dolphins are going to be operating this backfield moving forward. I think we can expect some sort of split here in week 14. And I do think both are fringe options because this is a plus matchup. Chargers allow the fifth most points per game to the running backs. So I think they're both running back threes. You know, maybe I'm uh, throwing too many running back threes out there. I feel like, you know, every player I'm talking about, I'm throwing them into that bucket. These, uh, you know, uh, weird backfields, the Buccaneers, the Bills. But I feel like all these guys are kind of in similar situations, you know, in similar areas for fantasy. But then on the other side with the Chargers, obviously we're firing up Eckler as a, uh, you know, high-end running back one. And then in the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, we have the Patriots taking on the Cardinals. And basically, I'm just going to be starting the uh, RB1s on both of these teams, starting up Ramondre Stevenson, sitting Damian Harris, even if he plays. And then for the Cardinals, just continue to ride the hot hand with James Conner. They continue to give him a massive workload. We got to continue to fire him up as a very strong fantasy football start. So that's going to wrap it up for this one. As always, if you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you guys want to check out the wide receiver start sits, that is going to be up on my channel also, talking about the quarterbacks and tight ends tomorrow. Good luck with your uh, matchups this week, guys. Thank you for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.